I bet you thought an inspection, balance, and alignment were words only used to describe a car tune-up. Nope, you may need one as well. As the BU boss, I work with people just like you, people in need of a tune-up. Let me help you become a more effective, efficient, and aware leader so that you can live the life you want doing what you're passionate about. Visit my website, andreapatrick.com today and click work with me in the menu selection. I'd love to get on a discovery call with you so that we can work on your brand tune-up. We are back for another episode of the CEO Mindset Podcast. And if you've been with us this month, you know that we are talking about springing back into action or how to spring into action. It's a beautiful time of year. Flowers are blooming. Birds are singing. The mosquitoes are out. (laughs) And the weather is just wonderful in a lot of areas. Here in Texas, it's kind of iffy. You never really know what you're going to get. But when it's nice, it is nice. Last week, we talked about transformation. The week before that, we talked about a fresh start. And this week, I want to talk about pollination. You know, we think about the bees and how they take their goodness from one flower to the next flower to make everything wonderful. That's what I want to talk about as it relates to our business. And I've got three areas that I want to talk about with you as we begin to think about how can we spread ourselves? How can we gain exposure for our business and our brand? What is it that we can do? Maybe we're doing some of these things, but we can do them better. Maybe we're not doing some of these things and we need to start. Or maybe we just need to rethink what we think is the right thing to do altogether. And so we're going to dive into that today. If it sounds like something that you need, that you're interested in, or maybe you just want to hear it, see if it jives with what you already know, definitely keep listening. Welcome back to the CEO Mindset Podcast. I'm Andrea Patrick, your host, and I'm so happy that you are joining me today. Subscribe if a CEO mindset is something you want to obtain and you want to find the intersection where your work and life coexist. The sky is the limit when you're clear about your value, consistent in the way you share said value, and you're upfront and honest about who you are while sharing it. There are so many examples to follow and learn from. Let's get into today's, shall we? Okay, guys, we're going to look at three areas today. We're going to talk about networking ideas. We're going to talk about collaboration strategies, and we're going to talk about content and content distribution strategies, because I think these are areas where we can pollinate ourselves. We can really share ourselves with our audience. We can really start to gain exposure for our brand and gain traction for what it is we are bringing to the table, the value that we are we are bringing to the table. So let's start with the networking ideas. Number one, what can we do? How can we make this different? First of all, I think you need to have a social media strategy. I know that before COVID, everything was like primarily going out to networking events. I know here in Texas, there were people who were members of a, so many different networking um, um groups and they were never it seemed to me anyway that they were never really working because they were always out networking whether it was a lunch networking thing or it was a evening networking thing or it was an event where they felt they needed to go so that they could network and you know post-covid 
a lot of people have realized that the digital space is really where it is because during COVID, you really couldn't do business locally. You really were on your computer all the time trying to figure out ways to get in front of the audience that was online and how you could get them to purchase from you. And so post COVID, you know, networking has changed as well. Yes, there are still people who are going out and networking in person and will get to that in a moment. But for the most part, there are people who realized during COVID that they could make more money if they were to network online and build communities online because they could exponentially grow their audience base with people who didn't live close to them. They were not they were no longer limiting themselves to the people who lived in their area, but they realized that they could offer their value across the spectrum of areas and really began to increase their revenue once they realized the value of digital marketing. So how can you do that? Some of the ways that I've found to really spread myself on social media is just to be a voyeur first. I like to get on those platforms and see what is it that people are saying? What problems are they having? What is the language they're using? And then I'll go in those groups and maybe I'll offer some advice. I will have conversations. I will go in and serve first. You know, if someone's doing something and I can participate in it, maybe it's a webinar they're doing. Maybe it's a poll they asked me to take. I will help and engage that way first because when you do that, that shows that you are willing to play the game. I don't want to sound like it's a game to be played, but kind of it is, but not in a bad way. It's really a situation where people need to know that you are there to really be genuine and authentic and not just there to sell them on something. I do not like that quid pro quo that quid pro quo situation where you know you have to do something I have to do something for you and then you'll do something for me I don't necessarily want that I want us to work together to grow together so if what you have is something that I need then yeah that's great I would definitely love to purchase that from you or to to get that information from you but I expect the same from you the reciprocity is not necessarily that I want you to buy from me because I bought from you but I want you to acknowledge the value, whether you need it or not, you can share it with someone else who might need it. So the expectations are a little bit different, but there is reciprocity in digital networking, but you are going to do your due diligence, right? You're going to be the voyeur. You're going to see what is happening already before you even put your hat in the ring to see if you can get anything from it. So inside those groups, you're going to be watching, you're going to be listening, you're going to be serving, and then you'll come in with your value, offering it in answers to questions, offering it in um, helping to provide solutions when someone is having a problem, really growing your credibility. That's one way to network. I love going on Instagram. As a matter of fact, I just recently did a collaboration with two amazing women and I noticed them on Instagram and inside Clubhouse and I went inside some of their rooms in Clubhouse and I saw how awesome they were in their space. And I reached out to them on Instagram through the DMs to see if they would be interested in doing a collaboration. But I had already liked and commented on their com their content and they knew who I was based on that because I was, you know, a regular and I was, you know, commenting and conversing with them inside their posts as well. And so I wasn't this unfamiliar person who just so happened on their page and was already asking them to do something and help me in some way to be better. I proposed that we helped each other be better. So I was really building relationship. 
I really think that the first thing that you need to do when you are networking through social media is to create a reputation for yourself. And I think I did that. So when I reached out to them, they had a paper trail to follow of who I was and what I was about. And that was appealing to them. I also think that engaging with those people that you want to work with and that you want to um, get exposure for your business with, engaging with them on their platforms and just really being um, of service to them, showing them your value, answering questions, helping them with the engagement on their page only goes to building relationships so that when it's time for you to say, ask for that reciprocation by way of a collaboration, which we'll get to later or by way of, um, you know, providing an interview so that they can be a part of your content, like with a, a podcast episode or showing up on your uh, video um, on YouTube or something like that. It'll be a lot easier for them to say yes, because you've been in relationship with them and engaging with them on their platform. And just from there, you get the rapport that will in turn yield you results when they are sharing your value with their audience. And so that's kind of one way that I think you can use social media to, well, I think I gave you several ways to use social media to network. Also, you can network in person. Your in-person strategy, I have a girlfriend, Stephanie, who has just done an amazing job. If I can find that podcast interview that I did with her years ago, I'll try to link it below. Um, I think I have a video with her too, but she does a really good job with um, lead generation from networking. And she has a system for how she documents the meetings and the encounters and how she's able to remember people when she meets them. And I just think she does a phenomenal job at this. But the suffice it to say that, you know, when you go to events, you really have to be cognizant of what it is you're looking for when you go networking. You're not looking to take every single business card. And even if you are being kind and you take every single business card, you should have a system for sort of which cards are going to be the most important. Nowadays, people aren't necessarily even using business cards. I've been to events where people are just asking you what your Instagram profile is, and they'll check you out on Instagram to see if you're really worth their time in terms of getting to know. And they're actually DMing you on Instagram versus using a business card to call you and like get in your, because I think people are a little bit leery of being on your email list because there have been so many people who've abused that and just added them to an email list, even though no one really asked to um, be on the email list, or even though no one gave approval for them to be on the email list, they weren't like actively seeking information that put their name on the email list. They just think that because they grabbed your business card that they can just add your email to their email list. And that's just not how that works, people. So if you're doing that, go ahead and stop. But in-person strategy for networking definitely needs to be a strategy where you kind of have an idea of what it is you're needing going into the networking event. What types of people do you want in your network? And then identifying them very strategically um, when you and very intentionally when you are in those in-person events. And then after you have decided what it is you're looking for, you're intentional about who you want in your network, you actively inside that networking event 
seek those people out, have those conversations. I suggest having a set of questions that helps you qualify people to determine if they are going to be in your network. And you do that in a way that is very organic in conversation, but it helps you to know whether or not this is going to be a good fit for your network. And then I would do something like put a star on the back of their card or, you know, write a little comment on the back of the card so that you remember that this is someone that you definitely want to connect with on the back end. And then post event, you definitely want to reach out to those people, you know, saying how awesome it was to meet them. And, you know, maybe you can get together for a one-on-one, but definitely being intentional about your in-person strategy, having a plan, having a framework for that, uh, that networking um, process. Next, I have something called the check writing ring method for networking. And when I was in uh, Premier Designs, it's a, uh, it was a uh, network marketing organization. We sold jewelry. And one of the things that I would do was wear big, chunky necklaces or big, chunky rings. And that was back in the day when we actually wrote checks. I don't know too many people that write checks anymore besides my mom. But I used to go to the grocery store. I would go somewhere to a department store and you write a check and you would have, I would have this big ring on my finger that was very bright and like just gaudy almost, or I have a big chunky necklace on. And ultimately someone would ask me about it. They would say, oh my God, I love your necklace. Or, oh my God, I love your ring. And that was my opportunity to then talk to them about what I did for a living and how they too could have that ring or that necklace if they were interested. I would be happy to send them a catalog. So that is a way to also network with people when you are just doing lifestyle stuff. It's having something that is going to draw attention to what it is you do and people can ask you questions about that. And that opens the door for you to begin to connect with them, to determine and qualify them to see if they will be someone who would be in your network that you would want in your network. So the first way that I think you can do pollination and really spring into action is with your networking ideas. The next way is with your collaboration strategies. Okay, guys, I told you that I recently did a collaboration with two amazing women. I talked about that just a second ago. It was Allegra and Kelly. And I think that collaborations are a great way to pollinate your brand, really to um, to to flutter around and drop little nuggets of who you are in different um, groups of people, different networks of people. Um, and you really have to understand your audience and who else is reaching that audience. That's one of the first things that I would suggest when it comes to a collaboration strategy. I think a lot of times we think in terms of competition and we feel like people are competing with us if we're in the same space or if we're doing the same thing. And that is not true. Kelly and Allegra and I both serve female entrepreneurs who are trying to grow their businesses. And all three of us have an element of marketing and marketing strategy development in our toolbox. However, the way we teach things and our approach to things, our perspective on things, the passion for the things that we really enjoy doing are all very different. Kelly is very faith-based. 
Um, Allegra is very much the business development, how to find funding, how to reach your audience, and they overlap. I'm more foundational. I want to help you create a solid personal brand foundation that can be leveraged across platforms to help you devise the appropriate strategy, reach the right people. So even though we are serving very similar audiences or the same audience at some times, we are not competing with one another. Therefore, the collaboration that we have that we did. It was called fall back in love with your business. All three of us brought things to the table that our audiences may not have thought about, but because the three of us came together, we gave them an awesome, well-rounded approach to the subject matter. And it was a powerful collaboration. It grew my following on YouTube. It grew their following on their perspective Um, their respective audiences and platforms that they wanted to use. I know they're both really heavy on uh, Clubhouse and Instagram. And so I think they yielded some pretty nice results from our collaboration. They were able to really flutter and spread their goodness around. Also, I believe that creating circumstances for optimal success to manage expectations is another way to really define and create amazing collaboration strategies. I've told you this before. Those circumstances for optimal success are basically what you need to do and be your best so that you can come out of any set of circumstances knowing that you have put in your all, whether you failed or you were successful, you You knew what you needed to do and be your best in that set of circumstances. And I believe when it comes to collaboration strategies, it's so important for you to have those circumstances for optimal success because they help you manage your expectations of what it is you are there to do, what you can do. But it also manages the expectations of the people you are collaborating with. Um, And they know what you expect and they know what to expect of you. A good example of this is when I did the collaboration with the two ladies, I believe, and I believe that when you do collaborations with people, depending on who initiates the collaboration, that is the brand that you are trying to make sure people are um, respectful of. So for my brand, I have a level of expectation in terms of the type of content, um, the way that content is presented. So I was able to express those things to them in a way that was received well They followed suit and they met my expectations and they knew what they could expect of me because I told them how I operate. I provided a game plan. I provided a blueprint and they were very impressed by that and excited because they didn't have to do a ton of work outside of their zone of genius because I had set forth all of the groundwork to really lay out what needed to be done. So you want to create those circumstances for optimal success. A, it's going to help you stay within your personal framework, but also it's going to help to manage those expectations of the people that you are collaborating with. Now, also in your collaboration strategy, I think it's important for you to give more than you take. Understanding that their success is your success. So if you are there to build up something in your business and you want to use these collaboration strategies to really pollinate other groups of people with your goodness, with your awesomeness, then you want to listen to the people you're collaborating with. If you are the person who is um, who has been asked to collaborate, you want to make sure that you are lift, you are giving more than you are taking. Provide way more information. Provide the what. Provide the why. And then tell them that you have an offer for the how. But don't skimp on the what and don't skimp on the why. 
give a ton. Um, you want to be, you want to help make other people successful in what you're doing in the collaboration, because in turn, especially if it's your collaboration that you initiated, you will find the success from their success. Because if they're doing what they're supposed to do, managing expectations, providing the value that you expected them to provide, not only is it going to make them look good in the eyes of their group, but it's going to make you look good in the eyes of their group as well and your group. So you want to give more than you take. You want to be a pleasant person to work with because that only goes to them sharing you with other people or wanting to do another collaboration with you on the back end. There's no such thing as competition when you're clear about your own value. So definitely share, give more, serve, not sell. And then lastly, when it comes to collaboration strategies, you want to follow through. Don't stop with the one collaboration, especially if it was phenomenal and it yielded a great return. Follow through. Go on and prepare for the next one. You know, recognize the potential in the partnership that you put together and think about how you can do that again. How can you replicate that in a different way? As far as the ladies that and I that collaborated over the fall in love with your business, we've already decided that we're going to do another collaboration in October because the one that we did this uh, this uh, February was such a success. So you don't want to stop there. You want to appreciate those who collaborated with you and, and find potential ways to work together again. Now, the last thing that I think you can do to pollinate your brand across the land is to work on a content and content distribution strategy. All right, what do I mean by this? Well, what I mean is you have to determine what a what type of content do you want to create? That means you need to know your audience. You need to understand what they're looking for. And then you need to take into account your personal framework and circumstances for optimal success and determine how you can best provide consistent content around those topics. Okay. So if you are the person who is an amazing writer and you people are fascinated and they want to see what you have to offer and you can pull resources from anywhere and really get your point across with words. A blog might be the type of content that you want to share, you want to provide with people. If you're like me and you're very expressive and you are very animated in your conversation and you, you want people to hear the passion in what it is you're doing in your voice, then a podcast is going to be a great way to get your point across. That is a type of content. If you are a ham and you love being in front of the camera and you just know that people are going to be excited about what you're sharing with them on camera, then maybe video is the type of content that you want to share. But you need to decide what it is and you want to, in turn, monitor the trends and the topics that are happening inside your industry, inside your niche, so that what you're saying on your blog or in your podcast or on your videos is very um, on trend with what's happening and what is going on and what people are looking for. So that's the first thing is to monitor those trends. And then you want to listen to your audience. 
What are they saying? Are they making comments? Are they asking you to create certain content on your platforms? Are they giving you feedback as to how you can improve and make things better? You definitely want to listen and you want to encourage people to communicate with you and engage with you with your content. So a little shameless plug here. If you've been listening to this podcast in this series and you have not left a comment yet, please do so. Leave a comment, share your thoughts with me, give a review because the platforms that I share my podcast on will push it out to the masses if they think people are listening and they're paying attention and they're giving reviews and they're talking about it. So make sure that you're sharing it with people. I get tons and tons of downloads. I'm very excited about the downloads. We increase every month, but I want you guys to start speaking to me and talking to me because I can listen to you and see what it is you're saying and give you what it is you're looking for. So if I'm not and you have an idea, you have a thought, leave a comment and tell me because I will. Okay, so the next and final thing after we talk about listening to your audience is to make sure that you're on the right platform. Listen, I have said this before. I've got a training coming up. I'm so excited about this signature program because I'm going to be talking a lot about this inside that program. A lot of the stuff that I'm sharing with you this month is going to be in there, but you do have to make sure you're on the right platform. You need to look and see what the audience is talking about on that platform, how they're speaking on that platform, what questions they're asking on that platform. And then you need to you know, marry that with your personal style, with your personal framework, with your circumstances for optimal success. Because if you don't and you find yourself on a platform where you have to do videos like YouTube, but you don't like being on camera, you're not going to create content consistently. And that means they're not going to see your value and you're not going to get what you want out of it. You're not going to pollinate. You're not going to be sharing yourself because no one's going to be watching because you're not being consistent. However, if you are a blogger and you want people to see your blog, then definitely make sure that you're on Instagram and Pinterest because guess what? People are going to uh, look at those beautiful images from your from your pictures on Instagram and those reels, and they're going to go over to uh, your blog and read. They're going to see the beautiful images in Pinterest and when they're searching for whatever it is you're offering in that particular blog, and they're going to click on it and go to your blog and they're going to read it. And you'll be consistent with you presenting that value and distributing that value. So guys, I'm telling you, it has just been a whirlwind of a month, but I have really enjoyed this Bring Into Action podcast series. I hope you have as well. I'll do one last shameless plug and ask you to head over to the comment section and leave a review um, and leave a comment if you have one about the series, about the podcast. Let me know if you have questions or if you want me to talk about something else, you want to learn something else. I want to hear from you for sure. Last week, we talked about, um, what did we talk about last week? We talked about transformations. The week before that, we talked about a fresh start. And we have our last episode of the month coming up next week. And I'm really excited to talk about signs of growth with you. Thank you so much for listening. Definitely head over to Instagram and follow me at AF Patrick and definitely go over to YouTube, type in the search bar, Andrea Patrick official, and make sure you're subscribed to my YouTube channel as well. I'm trying to reach a thousand subscribers. I need your help. So if you like what I'm sharing, if you like what I'm, if you want to pick up what I'm putting down, head over there as well and subscribe. All right, guys, I will be back again next week.